Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Good morning. Wow, those lights came out quick, but here I am. So welcome to church. Give your neighbor a high five. You've already done it, but do it again. Man, I told our Ignite team um, this morning that met at 919, so everybody who serves this morning, we all do a little prayer huddle and we pray for you who are here this morning. And I told them it was, it was dark this morning. I was looking for some dress socks and, and I just happened to pull out some dress socks and you may not notice this, but they're, they're actually blue and orange. And so I don't know what that means for the big game tonight, the Super Bowl, but I mean, I mean, they could be some prophetic socks. If not, I will burn them. So, hey, man, we, we know that there's a lot happening tonight, and we know that some of you um, already anticipate and smoking the brisket, put on whatever you did, and, and we're, we're so thankful. Brandy and I will try to make it to every one of yours' houses. Um, so go ahead and text me your address and so we can stop by for the Super Bowl party at your house. Hey man, this is uh, this is great. I love the end of a series. I love when a series concludes because I get to just lay it all out there. And anything that I forgot over the last two, three weeks, month, two months, however long these are, I just get to spill it out. And so, typically, what that means for you is you're just overwhelmed. Like, oh my goodness, what are we talking about? I have no idea. He's just vomiting stuff. And so, I hope that I don't do that. Hey, can I pray for us, Jesus? We love you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would just give us insight into your word this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for illuminating yourself to us. I pray that eyes would see this morning, that ears would hear. God, I pray that exactly what you want to communicate, you would. And God, where we miss it, forgive us. And Lord, we just love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said. Amen, amen. It is loud this morning. We're going to talk back and forth to each other. I'm excited. We've been in this series, Open, Heaven Open. Heaven Open is our series. It's been really good. Last week we talked about um, what is heaven and God's abode as God is in heaven. Today we're going to talk about heaven on earth, that, that here God created earth. He created this for you and me, and, and it's our abode that he gave us. And we know that it was a perfect creation, that God created it perfectly as he was creating the sky, as he was creating the stars, the animals that fly, the animals on the ground, as he separated the sea and the land, as he did all that. It was a perfect world. It was absolutely perfect, and, and man just messed it up because, because man messes up a lot of stuff. How many of you mess up stuff all the time? How many wives want to say your husbands mess up stuff? Don't do that. I'm sorry. That's, that's so bad. But, right, we mess up stuff all the time. I, I often say that I'm jacked up. I'm a jacked up creature. I, I just, I'm messed up. I mess up all the time, and, and we know this. We know this. We look at the world and we can see how jacked up the world is. And I'm thankful that, man, when God in his perfect design, he created this, it was amazingly perfect. I love that. I love that it was perfect. I love that there weren't political parties in the Garden of Eden. Like there wasn't the Republicans and the Democrats. I'm thankful we didn't have debates. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that, that it was perfect peace in God's plan. And some of you are like, man, I actually like that stuff. So... I'm glad it's a little jacked up. 
But I'm thankful it's not. As Jesus was on the earth, he instructed us to pray a certain way. There was a pattern of prayer. And, and if you have your Bibles, you turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. As, as Jesus instructed us on how to pray, we're trying to digest that and see what he was actually referring to. In verse 10, he said, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And I, as I talked about last week, this is such a foreign concept to us because we really have no idea what heaven's like. And I tried to use some descriptors last week to just identify what heaven is like. And hopefully that gave you a little taste of what heaven is going to be like and what heaven is. And now, now we're called to have heaven on earth, to have that perfect, complete world here on earth. And that's really hard and really confusing because we look around and we see a lot of imperfection. And so when you, when, what you see doesn't line up with what should be, then you're in a weird paradox where you don't know how to function or how to live or how to walk. And so my hope today is that you would have a couple of points on maybe how to apply this to your life before you leave today. Now we know that God's presence can't be contained. It can't be contained. We've been trying to contain God's presence all along because, because we just want to know God. And, and even, even heaven couldn't contain God and his presence. In 1 Kings 8.27, Solomon knew that we couldn't contain God. He said this, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built it's such silly talk, isn't it, that we, would, that we would contain his presence in a little house, that we would contain God in this little thing. But you see, when you're in a fallen world, you want the perfect to come. You want God to come on the earth because you know if he does, then things would be made right. We use a word that we often describe as this moment or this feeling that we so desperately want. We want it to be heavenly. Heavenly. Have any of you had any heavenly moments? Have you ever had a heavenly moment? Maybe, maybe it was a sunset. Maybe you didn't have to go to work that day. That was a heavenly moment. And you had that this week. A heavenly moment where, where maybe you were just like, maybe in a worship set like this morning. And you had a glimpse of, man, this is heavenly. This is heavenly. I, I got to come in here this morning. I got to forget about all the worries all, all the anxious thoughts, all the things, all the bills on my table. I got to forget all of that. And I'm actually connecting with God. It's a heavenly moment. And when we see tragedy, suffering, disease, poverty, injustice, pain, emptiness, loneliness. When we see all these things or experience these things, we actually want heavenly moments. And for some of you, some of you came here this morning because you have been experiencing the opposite. You've been experiencing some things that aren't heavenly. You've been experiencing some of these adjectives I just described, and they're very personal and real. And you're looking for answers. You're looking for hope. And so maybe somebody invited you this morning because they told you, hey, there's a church who's preaching the gospel of Jesus, who's going to provide hope for this hopeless situation. And that's what we're believing God for.
We all want it. We all want these heavenly moments. The psalmist David, he wanted them. He describes it in many ways as he prays. Psalm 67, 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. Or Psalm 72, 19. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Or Psalm 57, 5, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. We've been praying for this. We've been praying for his will, for his kingdom to come to earth. And we've been praying it for over 6,000 years. We've been asking God, fill the earth with your glory. Fill the earth with your glory, because when it's filled with your glory, the perfect comes, and the imperfect is forgotten, and I'm so thankful for that. But for us to pray for that, then we need something. We need to intentionally be aware. We need to intentionally be aware. Everybody say aware. Aware. It's so good when you're intentionally aware. I remember in 2006, I was a youth pastor, single, and, and they gave us two weeks of vacation. Very generous church. I appreciate them. But as a single man, I didn't know what I was going to do on my vacation. You know, was I going to take a Disney cruise? Was I going to go do something like that? I don't know what I was going to go do. So I decided to visit my friend in London. And as I got to London, I began to notice it's a totally different culture. There's different cars and different accents and different things. And it's awesome and fish and chips and we have chips and salsa. And so it was awesome to see that and experience that. And when I got to London, I just began to roam around. I'm just going to go exploring. I told my friend, hey, I know you're working late. I'm just going to go explore the city. I got on the, the metro or the tube and went all over the place. I got on buses and I was walking streets and, and looking at different architecture that I wasn't used to. And, and I was just roaming around. Well, as it got later and later, it began to get darker and darker. And I'm in some neighborhood, have no idea where I am in a city of 12 million people. Now, they don't tell you this. On the postcard, London looks small. You're like, oh, I'll just go there. But when you're actually landing in the airport, you're like, this place is humongous. Have any of you been to a huge metropolitan area? Maybe you got lost in San Antonio. Maybe you lived here your whole life and you still get lost. Anybody want to confess? It's true. So I thought I was going to be adventurous and go explore, but I'm completely lost. I finally make my way to my friend. I don't know how, but God's grace, I guess. I made my way to my friend. I'm like, dude, your city's awesome. I love it. It's, it's captivating, but I have no idea where I'm going. I have no idea what to do. And so I didn't have Yelp. I didn't have the internet. There was no Google. I couldn't see if there was five-star reviews. I was eating at probably the worst places you could possibly eat at. I didn't see any monuments. I didn't see any of the attractions. And so he just started mapping out my day for me. And I was so thankful that Matt began to map out my day. He said, hey, here's where you want to go. Here's the sights to see. Here's the places to eat. Some of those were touristy and some of those were hole-in-the-wall places that only the locals knew. How many of you know when, when you actually get some awareness in your life, life is a lot easier and a lot more fulfilling, isn't it? And I think oftentimes as Christians, we roam around this earth unaware of God's plan and his intentions for us. Now, it's good we're, we're seeing things and we're seeing God do things, but, but we aren't necessarily tapped in to God's roadmap for our lives and what he wants for us on earth. 
I think heaven is open because God wanted to make us aware. And he saw a bunch of people roaming around. He said, man, they're roaming around, but they have no idea where they're going. Heaven was opened to rescue us from our roaming. I'm so thankful for that. In Psalm 102, it says this, let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. That he looked down from his holy height, from, the, from heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners to set free those who are doomed to die. That they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem his praise. When peoples gathers, gather together and kingdoms to worship the Lord. As we talked about, Jesus came to rescue the roamers. He is the great liberator. He is liberating all of our roamingness. He is liberating us out of, out of captivity. He's liberating us. And, and I'm so thankful that the kingdom came to earth to save you and me. Just like John 3.16 says, For whosoever believes in Jesus should not perish, but have everlasting life. The kingdom came to earth to not only save you, but also to help you. Are you thankful for that? That you weren't just saved, but you were actually helped and are continually being helped. And yet we have resisted the one who came to help us. See, Jesus, the heaven was open that Jesus would come and he would bring the great helper. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The kingdom came to earth so that the kingdom would dwell in you through the Holy Spirit. So that you may be a part of the kingdom. He makes his abode in you. Isn't that amazing? I love this because John 3.16 is the scripture that we all quote. Here's God's salvation. But 1 Corinthians 3.16 is, here's not only his salvation, but here's his home. And here's where he's going to abide. Do you not know, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this, Do you not know that you are a temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you? And heaven was open, and the veil was torn like we talked about last week, so that the presence of God and the Holy Spirit would make a home inside of you? How comforting is that? How amazing is that? It's so that we don't have to roam around aimless. So we have direction. So we have comfort. So that he begins to inspire us to move in his direction. The kingdom came to earth to glorify God. So the kingdom came to earth to rescue our roaming. It came to earth to dwell in us. But it came to earth so that God may receive glory. Heaven on earth. Is, is an instruction manual for us to live. How do we live kingdom-minded? How do we live in this capacity? Now that God's spirit dwells in me, what do I do with that? Well, there's multiple ways. Heaven on earth is a kingdom that is giving. Is a kingdom that is giving. We are a giving people here on earth. That's how God is made manifested. As we're giving, God receives glory. In Matthew 6, 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where, there, where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth 
nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says, our father refreshes us on the journey with some pleasant ends, but will not, will not encourage us to mistake them from home, for home. Let me re-say that. C.S. Lewis said this. Man, as we're living this life and we're enjoying the pleasures of life and we're enjoying all these things, we have houses and we have cars and, and we, we're getting our wardrobes and we're doing all these things. And, and that's great because, because God has designed that and he has allowed us to live in such a way. But he wanted us to be reminded that the kingdom isn't temporary things. It's not these things that are perishing, but it's we're living for things that are eternal and start sowing into eternal things. Start sowing into eternal things. And I'm thankful for as a church, we have modeled this over and over again. In fact, our mission statement is that we would exist to release our resources to reach a people who are not reached yet with the light of Jesus Christ. And we have modeled this. You have modeled this over and over and over again. Last year in November, we took up a offering called the Big Give. And many of you in here got behind this offering of 12 months of giving. 12 months of giving so that we could expand our, our sound system. How many of you know this sound system sounds a lot better? Yes, can we give the worship team a big hand for not only playing well, but now they sound well. So that's awesome. We were able to buy a new trailer to house this sound system. And, and so far, we've raised $15,300 of this $50,000 commitment. We're already over 25% of, of this income has come in. And now we're going to expand into our classrooms and into so that our kids can hear the gospel. And I'm so thankful for this. But we didn't want to just be, we wanted to model what kingdom living looked like. So we didn't only want to expand these things for growth and all those things, but we wanted to give. And so what did we do with our other sound system? We didn't put it on Craigslist. We didn't put it on eBay, although I was tempted. We didn't do that. We gave it away. Check out this video. Hey, Luminous Church. My name is Pastor Lucas Barrientes of Mosaic Church here in San Antonio. We're three months into a brand new church plant, and I just want to tell Pastor Ben and each and every one of you guys Thank you so much for the generosity. Thank you for blessing us with this sound system. My prayer is that the Lord would bless Luminous Church, all of you guys, as you do ministry, as you do life, as you impact your community in 2016. God bless you guys. Is that awesome? That's awesome. So to give you some backstory on that, my friend Lucas and I came together, and he was planting a church on the west side of San Antonio, and he has a great church, and it's just started up. And it's amazing because I was like, man, what do we do with the sound system? We have to bless, we have to bless somebody with it. And I just wanted, didn't want to bless anybody. I wanted to bless like-minded people who are advancing God's kingdom, who are going to share the gospel with it and lead, lead a congregation like us in worship into the, into the heavenlies. And I wanted to just bless them. And I know you wanted to, too. And so it was our desire to bless another church plant. And, and so I came across Lucas, and I, and I sent out an email, and he said, I was praying yesterday for a sound system. Is that amazing? And so I'm like, dude, you're kidding me, right? You're kidding me. You're just saying that make me feel good. So you get this thing. No, no, it's true. It's so true. And so, man, the day before I emailed him, we saw heaven open and heaven blessed their church. 
And now they're able to preach the gospel and lead worship in new ways. I'm so thankful for that. And it's God timing because they were meeting there in their house. They had 35 people. And then they started meeting in this facility, and now they're up to 70 people. They needed a sound system, and God is a God who provides. And he uses you to do it. He uses you to provide for people and needs, and that's why we live this way. And if a church, Luminous, doesn't model it, will you do it? So the kingdom is not only given, but the kingdom on earth is reproducing. Everybody say reproducing. Reproducing. Everybody say, come on, come on, come on. Everybody say reproducing. There you go. Come on, the church is reproducing. Heaven open, there's a pattern for us. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the ends of the age. There's a pattern for reproducing. Go make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them. And I am with you. Intentional going. That's what Jesus is saying. I want you to intentionally go. Not only do I want you to be intentionally aware of the kingdom of God, but I want you to intentionally go. And so that's what we've been doing. That's what we've been doing since day one. We've been going into the communities. We've been going into the campus. I would love to report that, that every week this year we've had somebody come to know Jesus on the campus. Can we give our campus ministers a big hand for that? That God is moving on the campus, that, that his arm's not too short to save. Short-term intentionality can bring about a lifelong transformation. And so that's why we do short-term mission trips. Because I believe if you, if you go for one week, short-term mission trip, five days out of your week, seven days out of your week, ten days out of your week, you go for a short-term, short amount of time, it'll bring long-time impact. Lives will be forever changed. And I remember in 2008, when my wife and I were engaged before we were married, we decided to go on a mission trip. And so we went to Baja, Mexico, and her eyes were open, and my eyes were open to see God move in amazing ways. We got to build a church and a cafeteria for a school. We proclaimed the gospel. For the first time ever, my wife was sharing her story with people, sharing her story about how Jesus saved her and watching people get transformed in a moment. It was so exciting. In 2010, I told all my friends, hey, we got to go do this. We got to go to Baja. And Jay, Tom and Jill and Lauren and, and so many people came with us to Baja. We built houses and proclaimed the gospel and shared and had a fiesta. And it was awesome. And I want to show you that video from 2010.
Come on now. Come on. Let's give God a big hand for that. I mean, we saw multiple people being baptized, multiple people getting saved. We saw people getting healed. People who couldn't walk could walk. People who couldn't hear could hear. It's amazing what God does when you step out and you intentionally go. And that's what heaven on earth is. It's intentionally going. And J. Thompson Nelson will be at our purple table right after service. Right after service to get your name and number. And if anybody is interested in going intentionally for a short amount of time this year, then I would encourage you to sign up and go. Last year we sent 21 people, 21 people to Dominican Republic. I believe, I really believe this year we could take more. I believe that you right now are feeling called to go. And we need people who speak Spanish. So maybe any of you are like, man, I have a heart for Mexico. I have a heart for that. We need people who speak Spanish. So sign up. Go. You'll be effective. It will make a lasting impact because heaven on earth is seeking. It's seeking. In Matthew chapter 18, I love, I love this version, Matthew 18, 10 through 14. The children were coming to Jesus, and I love that Jesus was about the next generation. He always cared about children. He cared about the next generation. Just like the Psalm 102, they wrote that Psalm for the next generation. Jesus loved the next generation. He was all about raising up kids. And as kids were coming to him, Jesus says this in verse 14. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. God's will in heaven is to find his lost sheep to find those who are roaming, and he's seeking after them. And I love that God is seeking after them. And he's seeking after them young and old, brown, black, and white. He's seeking after his children all over the globe. And it's what we're about as a church. We're about joining him and seeking those who are lost. Those who are lost. And I know that some of us have this confidence issue. I have a confidence issue, believe it or not. Probably overly confident. But I, I have a confidence issue. And sometimes I'm just not confident sharing my story. Sometimes I'm not confident praying with that person at Starbucks. Sometimes it's hard for me. And what's amazing about a mission trip is you get out of your comfort zone. You go to a people that you may never see again. And, and you get to share your story and the translator is the one who's actually telling your story. So it's so freeing, so awesome. And when you do that, you would be like my friend Chase Gilbert, who had a hard time sharing his story when he first came to know Jesus. But when he went to Baja, he shared his story, and he found himself finding life. This is really what it's about, sharing my story, that God is on the throne, and that heaven is on earth. Heaven on earth is restoring. Heaven on earth is restoring. It's not just seeking, but it's restoring. A few verses down, we read in Matthew 18. We love this verse as pastors because it's the church discipline story. We use it for church discipline all the time. Hey, man, you sinned. I'm going to come to you and call you out. Okay, you didn't listen. I'm going to bring somebody with me. Okay, you didn't listen. Let's bring them before the church. We use it in church discipline a lot. But that's not really Jesus' heart is to call somebody out. You see... Heaven on earth is more about love than it is discipline. Heaven on earth is about loving one another. And in this story, it's talking about this context of that there's lost people and lost sheep. 
and there's offenses that have kept people from the kingdom of God. There's offenses that kept people from coming to know Jesus. And so what happens is Jesus instructs them. God's will in heaven that he wants on earth is to bring about forgiveness. Because when you forgive, lost sheep are brought back into the fold. You see, a lot of us get offended at people. We get offended because, because these lost sheep, they, they leave the sheep plant pen. They, with these people in the church, they, they leave the church and they're offended and they're bitter. And, and we just say, hey, go your way. We close the gate and we say, no more in, no more in. And we make it a very closed off thing. And I believe that that's not God's intent. I believe that what Jesus was saying here, there's some people lost out there and they're hurt full of bitterness, full of unforgiveness. In fact, a lot of you have unforgiveness too. And the biggest way to let them into the kingdom of God is to forgive. Because he who forgives much, loves much. He who is forgiven much, loves much. And Jesus is saying, win your brother back. Win your sister back. If you are offended at somebody, get on the phone with them and reconcile it because Jesus wants them. He wants them. And all forgive, unforgiveness does is it keeps you bound and it keeps you bitter. But when you forgive and you let it loose, it opens up the kingdom of heaven so that people may see Jesus clearly. In Romans 14, 15, as the worship team comes out, we're going to close this out in just a moment, the way that we started this. But in Romans 14, 15, Jesus is talking about his will to the Romans. He's saying there's so many things that, that bring up walls between you and others. There's so many things that bring up offense. And, and my kingdom on earth is, is one that is reconciling people. And in Romans 14, 15, it says this, Yet, if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. And the kingdom of God is not law and duty. And the kingdom of God is not do's and don'ts. And the kingdom of God is not all these rules and regulation, and it's not religion upon religion. And it's not monuments or anything that you would construct. The kingdom of God is not that. And so don't let it be about those things. Don't let it be about the things that are so quickly divide. But let the kingdom of God, let it be righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let the kingdom of God be about righteousness, Jesus. Let it be about peace in Jesus. And let it be about this joy in Jesus that is so contagious. That is so contagious. I would encourage us, church, that if we're getting away in the way of the kingdom of God, heaven open on earth. It's because there's an offense that needs to be reconciled. And we need to reconcile that offense. We need to forgive 
just like we were forgiven. Heaven on earth brings life. John 3.31, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of earth belongs to earth and speaks in an earthly way. How many of us spoken in an earthly way this week? I have. I do too often. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. You see, before heaven was opened, before heaven was opened for you and me, the wrath of God was on me. God was looking at me and he saw Ben Chapman roaming around and he saw me hopeless, lifeless, broken, and depressed. He said, man, that guy is full of sin and full of death. And there's no life in him. But I came that they may have life, life abundantly. And maybe you came in this morning and you came in a little lifeless. Maybe you came into Luminous Church and you were as described above, you who don't know what heavenly looks like because all you know is earthly. God is saying, I have made a way for you to know heavenly things. I made a way for you that you would have life. Church, would you stand with me this morning? And as we pray together, for those who have been walking in an earthly way, but they want the life of Jesus, and they want to believe that there is hope, there is forgiveness, there is peace, there is joy, there is righteousness in the Holy Spirit by Jesus, through Jesus, because he makes all things new. If you want that kind of life, I want you to raise your hand, and I want to pray for you. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want that. I want that life. If that's you, raise your hand. Be emboldened today. Be emboldened today. Say, Jesus, I want that life. Jesus, you see every hand raised who want that life. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move now, that you would open heaven that you would bring life, that you would renew, that you would restore, that you would bring joy where there's joyless situations. Bring joy right now in Jesus' name. And behold, the old is past, the new has come. Bring life. And God, let our anthem be today that heaven would be opened to us in Jesus' name. Church, let's sing this together. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.